Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. There we go. So yeah, this is kind of the, uh, a hot topic in jujitsu, right? Yeah. Because I always say, I mean, anybody who's done jujitsu, first of all, it's combat sports, right? People are like, oh man, you got injured. And I'm like, yeah, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when yeah. and to what degree. Because yeah. I think everybody gets injured, but we do see that some people, um, the level of injuries they get is a lot more severe. But yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone, I mean, you're going to, Something's gonna something's gonna tear or snap or get bruised. Yeah. Um, you're gonna be off the mat with injuries. And you know what's crazy? I was talking to Sally about this. Is that the levels of injury or the degree of injury uh, that people have in grappling is man, I've never seen anything like it in boxing. Nothing. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we have bruised knuckles. Um, you know bruised ribs uh common um but man and i'm talking about young athletes like yeah. you know you watch you watch some of the um uh what is it the daisy fresh guys or you just keep up with like the adcc yeah, yeah. um you know you keep up with the b team vlogs all that type yeah. of stuff and it's like these are young guys and it's yeah. like oh yeah my lower back is jacked yeah. um but yeah. i'm gonna I'm going to, you know, I'm, we're about to compete once the adrenaline gets going. I yep. mean, knees are jacked at a young age. Yep. yep. Your back is jacked at a young age. Yep. Your neck is jacked at a young, like, and these are all things that you don't want to be jacked until, yeah. like, you're, like, you're old, you know what I mean? I say ever. But these are yeah. young guys. So with this idea that, like, oh, it only happens to older people. No. Nah. Yeah. These are young kids. Um, we just signed, um, and I'll leave the names but, you know, they were competing ADCC and, yeah. you know, uh, meniscus popped. You know what yeah. I mean? These are young kids. They're, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, um, yeah. not even 21 yet. So wrestling, man, it is a yeah. tough sport. It is hard on the body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. What do, you do? what do you do? But the question that we were talking about is, man, knees. Knees yes. is something that's like super common, especially like when it's with instructors or, yes. or like coaches, they're yes. always like, uh, uh, like Ryan Shinto. He's like, I'm going to show you on this side. Cause this side's my bad knee. And yeah. that's just a common thing yeah. with guys that have trained jujitsu for a long time. Yep. There's always someone that has a bad knee. So he only works one side. Yes. These <laughs> um, are, these are a problem. And I'm yes. currently dealing with a, uh, a torn meniscus coming off of it. Um, and you know, you, you, I know everybody does this when they get injured, they don't want to go to the doctor. Nobody, I mean, yeah. unless you're like dying, nobody wants yeah. to go to the doctor because they are worried about having surgery. And yeah. then they're worried about how it's really the, the real worry is about how long am I going to be off the mat? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what the worry is. And as long as you don't go to the doctor, you can continue to go to jujitsu. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Works. Right. So the question becomes like, with knees, man, like what is it? I mean, do you have surgery? Do you not have surgery? Cause now yeah. I'm seeing like, for example, uh, Nikki Ryan, that's a young yeah. guy. 
I know. And he's already had multiple knee surgeries. Yep. But on this latest injury, he said he has just rehabbed it himself. And he just yeah. competed yeah. very well at I the know. last WNO. I know. And I'm know. watching his roles. I know. Like, man, I, I, I'm always like, man, how does his knee not just explode? You know? Yeah. I know. I know. Because he. Uh, but he's saying so he, no surgery. He had yeah. no. He didn't have surgery on this last this last injury. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also to to expand on that too. So he had, he tore his meniscus during um, a competition. I think when he was competing against Dante Leon a couple years ago, he first had the meniscus repaired. So you were asking me about the difference between getting a meniscus removed and repaired. At a certain age, they will try and repair it. So Nicky's a young guy; he's only I think 22 now. So he's probably about 20 when he tore the meniscus. They'll try and repair it, but they'll tell you it's like a lot of times this doesn't work. So the problem is, is that you have to be in crutches for like three months. Like you can't do any weight bearing on the leg for quite a while. And then you slowly rehab it and you just kind of hope it doesn't re-tear. So apparently with his and, and kind of seeing his uh, history of these things, I'm guessing he was weight bearing before three months and not doing his rehab. Um, he retore the meniscus. So then they just went in and they just basically snip out the part that's torn and they, they take it out. That recovery, so I've done that before. I've had that particular surgery. That recovery is super fast. Like it's basically, you could be on the, I mean, I, I waited a couple of weeks, but I mean, like even that felt like unnecessary. Like you can be back to training very quickly. The long-term effect of such things is you have less cushion for all the sort of potential bone-to-bone -bone contact. So you make it more likely that you'll get arthritis. Nikki later on, a week before ADCC, so probably just about exactly a year ago, tore his ACL in his, I think his left knee, tore it completely. At first, I think they thought it was a partial tear, but then, so he competed at ACC with a torn ACL, then had the MRI, then they're like, it's a complete tear. And for whatever reason, he was like, eh, you know what? Surgery, schmerdry, I'm just gonna rehab this. And I read an, I saw an interview and he was like, yeah, it felt like it was going to buckle for a while. And then it just stopped feeling that way. So then I just kept training. Because I think he rehabbed, his form of rehab was doing jujitsu. Yeah, he didn't, yeah, he did no like formal rehab at all. And so. <laughs> jujitsu rehabbed my knee. <laughs> which is like crazy. But you know what, thinking about this, it's funny you say that. Because when you said that, that just triggered a memory. Um, years ago, back at the, when I was at Beverly Hills Jiu-Jitsu Club, so this is 25 years ago, there was a guy named Lawrence there who owned a supplement company called, I think, Nature's Purist or something like that, like a, a successful supplement company. He was like, he was living in the Hollywood Hills type of guy. He, he was on like some reality, like rich bachelor show at some point, all that. I saw him later on at um, Eddie Bravo's at 10th Planet. So he was one of those dudes, like there was a lot of guys that I would see at certain schools and years later see him somewhere else. It's like they were just kind of- And this is one of the, this is the, the like the actual Eddie Bravo 10th Planet, not one of yeah, the- Yeah, yeah not, not one of these affiliates, but the, the uh, back in the day when it was, he had one school. Um, and Lawrence had torn his ACL like three times. And the last time I remember I saw him and he's like, I'm like, how's your knees? Like, dude, it feels great. I've just been doing jujitsu and it feels great. Like he, it was like sort of the same thing. Cause I think he torn it again. It was like, screw it, I'm not getting the surgery again. And just kind of rehabbed it. And then he was at least according to him at this time feeling good because supposedly there's been studies on both meniscus surgery and on ACL surgery showing like the long-term, like five-year prognosis 
and supposedly it's fairly similar, which is crazy because we've always been told, like for a long time, a torn ACL was considered a career ender. Like you're never the same. And I know a lot of people that have had that surgery and even the ones who have come back, it's like at least a year uh, before they really, really feel 100%. And sometimes more like two years. Um, you know, my buddy Dennis Dombro tore his ACL, like, like a bunch of other guys I've trained with have torn their ACLs. And, you know, even guys like that, that have torn and had surgery, it's like 20 plus years later, like, yeah, I know my knee still hurts like most of the time. So it's not like a quick guarantee fix, but it seems like the ACL especially deals a lot with stability because I hear people that are like, oh, I have to wear a brace, otherwise my knee buckles. So I'm like, well, that sounds awful and I wouldn't want to train feeling like that. Um, but then you read about these long-term things and I always wonder, are they talking about just like an average person who's just like getting on the bicycle and doing normal stuff? Are they talking like a maniac that wants to um, you know, pursue excellence in hand-to-hand combat? Because I feel like the stability needs of ju- especially of, of grappling um, are such that you would have to get that surgery. But Nikki Ryan, years ago, Matt Hume, um, Colby and John Haynes's coach and Demetrius Johnson's coach, that dude, I think, has had no ACL for like 30 years and he was still fighting MMA and competing and, and stuff like that. Uh, Rico Rodriguez, who was the UFC heavyweight champion, I know he had no ACL and he was UFC heavyweight champion. So there are clearly examples of people that do. The real question I would say is that how are those people doing now? Like, in other words, like, is it something where you're pay me now or pay me later situation where if you don't get this surgery, yeah, you can kind of go along. But by the time Nikki Ryan's 35, he's going to need a full knee replacement. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. it's a weird thing because I'm wondering if it's like people, I mean, you've heard people that have had the uh, neck surgery for yes. a nerve pain and yep. then, um, a back surgery yep. for the kind of the same thing, like yep. uh, their discs have slipped or it's sitting on a nerve, something like that, yeah. or they're fusing discs together. Yep. And I, I've only spoken to maybe one person that ever was like, yeah, man, I had that yep. surgery and I feel great. Yeah. Like the majority of other people are like, nah, I either feel the same or it's worse. Yeah. And that yeah. worst part is enough for me to be like, dude, I'm it's not true. trying to flip a coin. Yeah. And be like, hopefully I come out of the surgery better. Yeah. Well, I, one of my old training partners had the fused disc. He was out for a year and then somehow it failed. So he had to get it done again. So he was out for another year. And like it, that's, that surgery is weird because, um, and again, a lot of these cases resolve themselves. So a big part of it is just, do does somebody have the discipline to stop training for a while? Because I think that's one of these things that like, um, you know, are you willing to sit out for like a year and just not train? And because nerve stuff, especially, takes a long, long time to heal. Um, versus somebody wants to get back in, and that's sort of that like short term, like I'm missing training, I'm falling behind, I'm this and that. Which, if you are a legitimately competitive athlete, is one thing. But if you're not, it's like, man, I I don't know. Because because yeah, same thing with you. Like I know guys who've gotten fused vertebrae in their back. It's like. Next thing you know, oh, I got to get another one because now I got more pain up here. It's like you make one area of the back really strong, but it's not flexible. So now every every other vertebrae has to take the impact of that. Um, one of the guys who's been coming to my class just got his neck fused back in December. Um, but he was getting atrophy, like his arm was shrinking and he had numbness and weakness and all that stuff. So it's like, man, I 
it's hard to say. It's hard to say what the correct thing is. And, and the problem is, is that sometimes too much knowledge is bad. And what I mean by that is that when you get these scans and images, if you are any sort of an active adult past a certain age, you're going to have, you know, degenerative discs. You're going to have your know, herniated discs. You're going to have arthritis. You're going to have all this, you know, joint degeneration. Like that's everybody across the board. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be having pain or dysfunction. And then when people are like, oh, I slipped a disc and like now I have this pain, it's like, dude, that, that disc could have been like that for 10 years. Like it doesn't, like one doesn't cause the other necessarily, but because there's a surgery that pays the doctor money, <laughs> therefore there's the incentive, because sometimes it works. And to make it even worse, I'll tell you another story. Um, Jiu-Jitsu buddy of mine, black belt Jiu-Jitsu for a long time, uh, orthopedic surgeon for even longer used to do uh, discectomies, which is where they take the disc and they kind of sh shave it down a little bit. And he also used to do fusion, where they take the two vertebrae, they fuse them together. There's sort of two different surgeries. He said that basically, a lot of times the surgeons would say to the patient, well, you can get this discectomy, but a lot of people who get this discectomy end up getting the fusion anyway, or you can just save the step and get the fusion. And I was like, well, is that true? He's like, yeah, it's pretty true. He's like, but you know what else is true? Disectomy, I would make 5,000 bucks. A fusion, I'd make $20,000. And he's like, it's the same amount of work, same amount of surgery, takes like an hour and a half. And he's like, you've got $120,000 a year in liability insurance you got to cover. You got the, he started going through all the expenses that a surgeon has on a yearly basis. And it's like, are you going to do something that's going to pay you four or five times as much money for the exact same time and effort? The old saying is you follow the money even when it shouldn't make sense. So something like that, it's like, because um, even in my own experience, I had hip surgery 13 years, 13 and a half years ago on both hips. I had what the, uh, a type of bone spur with the ball of the head of the femur and, and the socket, the acetabular socket and, and labral tears. This is one of these surgeries that's like, well, if you do this, then you avoid getting a hip replacement because otherwise those bone spurs are going to tear down that labrum and then you're going to have bone on bone and blah, blah, blah. Maybe. But the problem is, is they did like a huge study of like thousands of people and they, they x-rayed all these hips and they found like a huge majority of people had these bone spurs, but only a tiny percentage of them had any hip problems. And there's a lot of people who had, who didn't have the bone spurs who also had hip problems. So it's like, there's a lot of sort of correlation, maybe not causation stuff where they figure out a surgery and they're like, okay, we can do the surgery. But it doesn't, because my hips basically felt exactly the same before the surgery and after the surgery. I couldn't tell you it made any lick of difference at all. So, but there's always the threat of like, oh God, I don't want a hip replacement. And so they're like, well, it's been 13 years. You haven't had a hip replacement, so it mm -hmm. worked. And it's like, well, yeah. maybe. It very much is the, the it's almost like selling insurance. Yeah, Like it's it the is. fear business, right? Yeah. So, I mean, none of it is, I mean, because our buddy Colby is probably getting a hip replacement very soon. Um, his, and as you, if you see him walk, you're like, yeah, he, he probably, Oh, I can tell. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, this was a while since when you guys have come down to the, the Robles studio, yeah. Yeah. um, I could tell then, cause yeah. remember he wasn't, he wasn't training with, yeah. with, with us. He was just kind of watching yeah. because he, yeah. was, he was in enormous pain. Yeah. So it's, it's gotten worse. So, I mean, it's one of those Man, things that's that, terrible. It's, and it's not to say that, I mean, sometimes that is the answer. I mean, it certainly is, but. Um, there is always the financial incentive 
of the doctor, the person. And pain the, is big business. Huge business. Right? Like uh, they actually did a, uh, I don't know if you've watched it yet, but it's called, uh, God, it's on Netflix, uh, but it's about the Oxycontin epidemic. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, and, I've, man, yeah. that um, it, it, it talks about how they came up with Oxy because yeah. It, yeah. it's basically like legalized, you know, get it regulated by the FDA Yeah. and what people are willing, like pain is big business. When you are yes. in pain, it's torture. And what yeah. a person is willing to do to get rid of that pain so they can yes. just function normally. Yeah. It's huge. Watch how many people like buy braces that don't even work. Yeah. They have all these experimental, uh, you know, yeah. deals done to them, yeah. hoping that it relieves pain. They'll do anything yeah. uh, just to relieve some of that torture. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, how much of it is really beneficial short term, long term? You know, nobody knows, but somebody's making a lot of money off of it. Yeah, no, I, I, you're right. I mean, like there's times when I've had, like when my hip was really bad a year and a half ago, it was like, dude, I would have done anything. Like it was so, it was so bad. Um, I mean, I spent $6,000 or 7,000 bucks getting stem cells. Um, do, do I think, I mean, it's, it's way better now. So was it the stem cells? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those things that like. Even when something I think worked after the fact, I'm never sure. But then if it starts hurting again, it's like, dude, I'll do that shit again. A hundred percent. I would do that again because it's just like you will, like you said, you will do anything to get out of that pain. And it's like the, the, you know, it's, it's a weird thing, but it's anybody who's done the kind of sports that are going to elicit those type of injuries, which tend to be things like football, things like, jiu-jitsu wrestling things where you're you're grabbing and twisting violently i think boxing you have impact and you have sort of brain damage for lack of a better way of saying it like there's definitely that there may be the occasional like torn rotator cuff or things like that i know manny mm -hmm. pacquiao supposedly had one when he fought floyd mayweather that's true that's and, a that's a but, common injury but for the most part it's not like I would imagine, you know, you're just not grabbing enough and twisting enough unless you're, you're fighting, you know, Roberto Duran or somebody who's uh, bending <laughs> the rules a little bit. You're just not, you're just not getting that, that grabbing and twisting. But I think any sport where you have that, it's, you know, I mean, if you look at judo people, like they are just the injuries they have, because it's not only grabbing and twisting, but it's violent throwing. Um, like Justin was just, I literally was just quote unquote throwing Justin, our buddy, Justin, who's a stunt man, which if anyone ever wants to feel artificially good about yourself, especially like trying like judo or some of that, have a stuntman who knows judo because you will be like, wow, I'm just launching this dude. And then you'll try it on someone else. You're like, why is this not working? Oh, because somebody who's paid to make somebody else look like they actually can do something is no longer <laughs> doing it. But even, even doing that, I was like, dude, this still like feels hard on the body. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm going back to my old, my, my style of taking someone down, which is we're both going down and we're just going to kind of creep down. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> so I'm just I'm hearing noises, but I'm not seeing anything. So, um, so yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's, it's hard to say with a lot of the different surgeries. And I was actually talking to Justin about hand surgery because he's had a lot of problems with his hand and the doctor's like, well, you've got like a lot of bone spurs and you have this and that. And he's like, I can take all that stuff out. It might help. <laughs> But it might not. He's like, because some people say the bone spurs are there for a reason, and some people will feel even worse when you take them out. 
Yeah. So it's like, again, you, you appreciate the doctor's honesty, but it's just like, <clears throat> so what, what do I do? What do you do? I mean, yeah. like, cause I had that with my elbows. I had real, I like the guy counted, there was like 15 different bone chips in each elbow and then huge bone spurs, like huge, like bone spurs in each. And he's like, well, I can take all these out. And he's like, I don't know if it'll help. I don't think it will. And, uh, then, you know, it might make it worse. <laughs> so hold on one second. Actually, I gotta yeah. go check some. Sorry. Um, Everything good? I, I heard moaning, but uh, I thought it was uh, thought it was Hank. It's the other dog. That's fine. She's <laughs> moaning because she's stuck in her crate and she's not getting chicken. This is a good situation. Boy in pain, bad situation. So, um, but yeah, man, it's it's weird. Like it's it's a weird. Um, you know, it's it's weird to know what to do. I mean, it's always like to me. I always think surgery should be the last resort because you you can't undo it and especially if you're looking at like you know putting metal in your body and stuff like that i swear to god every few years you're like oh now they've recalled this or this hip replacement oh yeah they realize it puts metal ions in your bloodstream so they're recalling this or like i had a hernia and they did like some sort of like this mesh patch thing to supposedly keep it stronger and then a couple of years ago i started getting these emails like class action lawsuit against the mesh patch like whatever thing i'm like okay <laughs> Well, it's it's good to know now. <laughs> it's like, so it's just a it's just a weird thing. But um, I, I would always say, like, if you feel like you can get somewhat, you know, pretty functional and pretty tolerable without it, then that's probably where you should go. But to me, yeah. if it's like something where it's just like intolerable, if you got nothing to lose, right? Like, it, yeah. it, it, you can't. You get to a point where it really can't get any worse. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of like with me with you know my hip and stuff like that. I realized like I just can't do a lot of the, – the problem was is that, you know, you and I were doing it and then I was doing it at Sean's too. I was just doing basically entirely jiu-jitsu. And that's like for whatever reason to me is the hardest thing on the body. Like doing like stand-up, like striking, doing like MMA stuff for me feels way easier on the body. And then doing jiu-jitsu just every once in a while – that was like my formula for years. And then I kind of strayed from it and started doing more and more jujitsu. And it was like, dude, that was just starting to really tear my body up. Okay. Sorry. No, that's, that's all good, man. My wife's on the phone. She goes, Oh my God. And I'm like, Oh, but she was just on the phone. <laughs> Somebody else was doing something ridiculous, but, uh, um, yeah. But so you hurt your knee. Mm -hmm. How did you hurt it first? And then you re hurt it. So what happened? Yeah, the the first time I can't even remember. I will. I I remember that it was jujitsu the first time I heard it, um, and that one was really bad. And that one's been years ago. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I do remember. I don't even remember hearing the pop on that one, but I okay. remember. Um, I guess you know I didn't even feel any pain initially, yeah. um, which they say is common in meniscus uh, yeah. meniscus tears. Yeah, but it. Uh, that night, my leg completely locked up, and then okay. it was and that's very common. horrible, yeah. horrible yeah. pain. Yeah. Um, and uh, at the time, in our old house, you know, our, our our bedroom was upstairs, 
So it was oh. like I was pretty much stuck upstairs. Like it was yeah. a chore for me to get downstairs because my leg was locked up. But as soon as I could move, I went, I went to the doctor and I was already mentally prepared for him to tell me, uh, orthopedic surgeon, hey, we're going to have to have surgery on this because yeah. most doctors, I don't care what it is, they're just going to be like, yeah. yeah, let's just go ahead and do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's and true. It, it, I was almost mad at him because he was like, nah, you know, I don't think you need any surgery because he put me yeah. through these like, you know, in office uh, test stability test. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's like, put weight here, put weight there. He's like, eh, I don't need, I, I don't think you need it. And yeah. uh, that, that turned out to be a blessing because I can't remember how long it was out. It was maybe a couple, only a couple months, maybe three months. Yeah. Um, and I was pain free. Knee yeah. was good back yeah. at jujitsu. Like yeah. nothing had ever happened. Yeah. Now this recent one was a lot more. So I don't know. This is so since then though, I'd be with my training partners and I'd get a pop in my knee and they would freak out. They would stop. Yeah, yeah. It's happened with I, you happened, actually yeah, many a times, couple yeah. times. Yeah. But I'd be at, I'd be at my school or I'd be training with you and there would be a pop and they would just, you know, being good training partners, they'd stop yeah. what they're doing. They're like, oh yeah. my God, Mo, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, nothing's wrong, man. My knee yeah. just does that. Yeah. Come to find out that's most likely like scar tissue from the old injury. And, and yeah. so my knee will pop a lot yeah. from Um. But this last time, what it was is, is uh, we were just working positional stuff uh, in jujitsu, and um, guy was getting uh, was standing, trying to speed pass, was getting around my guard, and um, I put my knee up like in a like like a knee shield almost yeah. Uh, yeah. as he began as he begins to come forward, but my my knee kind of inverts and then he lays his weight on it, and it's just like uh, it, it's almost uh, imagine rubber guard. That's yeah. what my knee, when yeah. my knee was doing, but yeah. when he put his weight, there was a very audible pop Eesh. and there was a lot of pain. And I was like, Ooh, um, that's not, that's not that, you know, that wasn't good, but come home, uh, immediately, you know, immediately begin to ice it down, take some Advil doing all the stuff I, I didn't used to do back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would just kind of, you know, like everybody else try to walk things off and, yeah. And if I if I ignore it, it, it it's gonna yeah. go away, and, yeah. and I'll and I'll get mentally tougher, and I'll be better yeah. for it. Um, at 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 my age now, that's just you know, yeah. not true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, things get worse progressively quicker uh, yeah. if I do that. So, anyways, I sit down, elevate the leg, do all the rice stuff, and um, uh, yeah, and I but but I had mobility. Um, and I was, do, you know, I remembered the in-office test that the doctor was doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Sally was like, I think we should go to the doctor. I was like, nah, I'm going to continue to rehab this thing. And, um, knee's feeling better. I'm back at jujitsu. It's not a hundred percent. It's still achy. There's some yeah. things that I do where I can feel like, um, I can feel it right there behind the knee or on the side of the knee, right where the okay. meniscus is at. Yeah. You know, for example, if I start sprinting backwards, yeah, I can feel that pressure there because I've done that a couple times. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, uh, the knee's feeling feeling better. So, okay. Because I thought you heard it again, like even more, like even like a week ago or something like that. Like you re-injured it. Like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's exactly right. <laughs> we were. Not to bring uh, up that yeah, exactly, man. And and that was uh, that I texted you because I needed to vent, man, because it was so. So what happened? The knee starts to feel good. So yeah. I show up to uh, jujitsu, 
Yeah. Salia says, make sure you don't go hard. I'm like, I'm not going to go. Nobody, when nobody goes hard, we're all great training partners. But man, you start, you've been away from jujitsu. You're feeling great. I know. So you I get know. into a flow, right? Yeah. And I tell you what, the, it was a, it was a great day. Like, yeah, man, I felt like, oh, I'm, I, I imagine, uh, I, I remember coming home and being like, I'm, I'm back at jujitsu now. Everything's yeah. perfect. And so now I'm hundred percent confident because the knee felt great the first yeah. day back. Yeah. I go the second day and I, and I'm immediately trying to, um, like use a lot more power in that, in that right knee. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to elevate people just using that leg, all, all sorts of things. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I mean, that knee's full in play. Yeah. Um, and, uh, what happens is somebody puts me in a, uh, Achilles lock. So mm. I, I begin to stand up to put weight on that, you know, so I can prevent the, so I can prevent the submission. Yeah. Um, but I fall back and I, it's a pass that I use a lot, but it, it requires you to bend that knee a little yeah. bit. Right. And as soon as I bend the knee, I hear a pop again and mm. I'm like, Oh my God. And it hurts. Um, so I come home. Uh, I said, <laughs> I start the process over again. I text you shortly thereafter. Yeah. I'm like, man, um, I, I think I'm done for a little bit. Um, yeah. But I tell you what, the next day I woke up and there was no, it was crazy. There was no yeah. pain in the knee. Nice. But I thought I was done. I was like, oh, this is for sure. I, you know, yeah. I really jacked up my knee and I'm, yeah. I'm such an idiot. So <laughs> now what I'm doing is I am just uh, I'm just doing a lot of flow rolling. I have really great training partners, uh, man. They're all so it's, it's funny, man. I, I love them so much because they're so caring, right? Like, yeah. uh, before we start there, uh, I just let them know. It's like, man, you know, I'm coming off this torn meniscus dude. And they are and the, just the nicest. They're always, you know, worried about how oh, man, Mo is it, you know, let's move this way or that way. And, but at the same time, I'm still getting a great workout. I'm getting a sweat. Yeah. I'm feeling like I'm doing jujitsu and I'm still kind of, my mind is in the game and I'm studying. Yeah. And, and I think that's a big part of the mental health aspect yes, of it. I agree. I yeah. agree. So yeah. I, I feel good. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to use jujitsu to rehab this knee and, and it's yeah. going to feel pretty good. Well, you know, because it's funny because like, I think that the mistake that people make is we talked about this a couple of times ago. The idea of your training has to always be the same thing. Because if you do get hurt, I think it's important to address the injury, but not mean that 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 doesn't usually mean that you can't do anything. It just means that you probably shouldn't do what you were doing before the injury. And so, um, you know, with that, um, you know, a lot of times it's just finding out what can you do and, you know, kind of working from there. So, you know, you may be able to do some drilling, you may be able to do some stand up, you may be able to do you know, different things, different techniques, whatever it might be. Um, but something to keep your head in the game, I think is important because if you don't keep your head in the game, it's easy to drift one way or the other. It's either easier to drift to sort of quitting completely or being like, oh, it's been a few weeks, it's been a few months, whatever, I got to get back into it. And they jump right back into the training load they were doing pre-injury and they hurt themselves again, they hurt themselves worse, whatever. Versus if it's like, if you just didn't alter the course that much and just were like, I'm going to just um, you know, try and adjust and do what I can do at a safe level, even if that just means going to watch, you know, I mean, like, or if there's a, you know, stationary bike at the school or something like that, where you can, or you could shadow box and watch class or something. Um, I think that's better than just 
not being there at all because it's very easy to get out of the habit of going. And once you're out of the habit of going and you have the worry of the injury, now it's like you got to overcome two obstacles to get back in versus if you're always there and it's just like a matter of like, okay, I've got to ease back in. It's like I've already done the hard part, which is show up. Now I just have to ease back in in a different way. Um, I think that's better. So Yeah, you're so right, man. I, we talk about this. I, I've talked about it a lot about how I I, uh, I fell in love with jujitsu, but um, it, it happened over an extended period of time. Yes. Um, and I remember that there was no way you could ever get me to go watch a jujitsu class. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It just was never going to happen. It was, it was yeah. the equivalent of like sitting on the bench to me. Yeah. But that was at a point in my life when I was forcing myself to go to jujitsu. Yeah. Now that I like I've fallen in love with jujitsu and it, it only took me 10 years for that to happen. <laughs> um, I like literally jujitsu and I were dating for the longest time. And yeah. It was kind of like my it was my side, my side chick. My yeah. my first love wow. was was boxing. Right. So this is like I, I, I kept yeah. her. I kept jujitsu around. But yeah. uh, if she left, it, it didn't bother me. I don't care. I could replace yeah. jujitsu. Yeah. But now I am, I, you know, 10 years later, I'm in love with jujitsu and I can completely go and want to watch yeah. Yeah. jujitsu and want to yeah. watch the other people train and, and yep. figure what they're doing. And even having a little bit of bug to want to put my two cents in and, yeah. and coach some yeah. of the people that are newer yeah. and younger. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, and I think that's just a great way to, to, to keep your head um, I agree. In, I agree. In, in the game. And I think, like yeah. you said, that's, that's important. I agree. Uh, I may have to go pretty soon. You got it, my brother. Parking, but um, got it. I am, uh, I am actually speaking of that. I'm now, co- I'm going to be coaching Mondays and Wednesdays at Cooper starting tomorrow. So nice. Uh, nice. nice. Hopefully you'll get back to coaching on Saturdays at uh, the Robles studio. Soon. I, think, I think I should be able to, I mean, as long as nothing happens in the next six days, which has been, Saying a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my brother. Well, to re-listen to this episode or check out our past episodes, go to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Also, check us out on Apple iTunes. Like, review, subscribe. As always, I am Mo. That is my brother, partner in crime, Carter Fisk. And we wish you guys nothing but the best, both on and off the mat. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That's it for this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Rulebliss, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Rulebliss newsletter to get the exclusive content at rulebliss.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat.